episode 84 of Strange Brow Radio. I'm your host again, Tobe Johnson. We're back from the Montana Vortex. So what do I have for you? Fresh off the press is an interview with owner Joe Hauser and resident scientist Nick Nelson. We grab a, uh, a seat around the campfire and have a discussion about the place. But if you want to see all that you can see, join patreon.com forward slash strangebrowradio. There will be the entire video that I shot while I was on scene for Patreon members. And that again, patreon.com forward slash strangebrowradio. Uh, also, a thank you to the sponsor, Feral by Aaron, E-R-Y-N, Alchemy Sound Devices, Drums, Rattles, and Smudge Fans at Etsy. E-R-Y-N is how you spell that. All right, let's talk about the Montana Vortex, because, oh, stuff did happen, and much to explain. We'll be right back. All right, we are freshly back from a field trip, a road trip, 1,500 miles and five days later, and one or two roach motels. Follow me on Facebook, and you'll you'll know what I mean. We uh, we headed out to a place called Columbia Falls, Montana, the most beautiful place, man. Just, I mean, I've been a couple places. This, this is stunning. I've never been to Montana, and so we were already making plans to go back. But we had a destination in mind. We're headed to and went to, and rolled uh, some film at the. Montana Vortex, again, that is in Columbia Falls, Montana, and it was uh, absolutely stunning, as I said, and amazing. There was a, I couldn't ask for a better host, first of all, between Tammy Fox and Joe Hauser, who run the place, and Nick Nelson, consequently, these are our guests today for the show, around the campfire, and it was a, it was a real treat from uh, the beginning to the end, and I, I enjoyed myself uh, a whole lot. And so we uh, we did we did roll some uh, some film when we were out there. And if you are on Patreon.com for slash Strange Brow Radio, you're going to get a uh, a full tour of the entire vortex as given by Joe Hauser, and it uh, is a roadside attraction masquerading as a roadside attraction but it is a a skin twin it is a al moon sister or brother it uh it has all the principles uh, that we're used to when we talk about these things here including someone who's an extended experience who lives on the place who's interested in the phenomena who doesn't uh, challenge it with ego and invites people in readily um so it's a fantastic place. <clears throat> I can't talk enough about it. If you don't have anything going on in the next week or you have a week that you can fit in someplace or longer, spend some time out uh, at the Montana Vortex with Joe and Tammy Hauser. It, uh, it would behoove you, as they would say in the military, to go do that. And it's it's relatively inexpensive to, to take the tour there, but you're going to want to hang out at the place, too, which they're totally okay with. So you pay admission, and then you get to kind of stay and linger and hear all these incredible stories. I believe they're open from 10 to 5, 
Monday through Saturday, maybe seven days a week. And again, like I said, we're making plans to go out there. Now, what's so great about going inside this roadside attraction, in air quotes? Well, you get to mess with uh, quantum physics up close and personal. And there is no gimmick here. Okay, they walk you through the process of how and why this may be occurring in these specific spots here. And just like at the Al Moon Lab, it's concentrated in one specific area, mainly this tilted house. So, outside the tilted house, there's a lot going on as well, including uh, shrinking and growing, which, you know, when you have a level that's on the level, and you can see firsthand that people are slowly growing and shrinking in front of your eye, and you can measure it, which we did, uh, it, it turns into something pretty spectacular. So, a lot going on with uh, with that place there, and I won't give it all away, but I did mention that there was a point right when we got there where there was this rounded stone area, uh, like paver stones you'd put on a patio, and Joe Hauser takes you to this area. And we talk a little bit about this in the video uh, for the Patreon members, but within the middle of these paver stones in the circle in the middle of the woods, which was maybe like a 20 by 20 circle, there was a, well, 20 inch, 20 foot circumference circle. In the middle, there was a giant 60 pound piece of rose quartz that was able to spin on its axis a certain degree left and right, mainly north and east. And it would do it when you would turn your back on it. Now, you would never hear it slide on granite, but it uh, it was something that we did measure happening. And we, you know, when the staff is the only one there and there's only two or three people on staff and the shop's closing, this thing's still spinning on its axis left and right, you know, sometimes more than five to seven degrees it's pretty significant, and uh, or let's just can't quantify that in inches. I think it moved maybe a good five to six inches left and right on its axis, north and east. Anyway, that is in Columbia Falls, Montana. Don't be a stranger to the Montana vortex and its strange, shrinking, growing ways. Really, really, really worth it. Okay. So, as promised, let's join Joe Hauser and Nick Nelson around the campfire. And we even talk about Thunderbirds. All right, we are out here at the Montana Vortex. I'm with Joe Hauser, Tammy Fox, and uh, Secret Agent Aaron. And in the... Uh, background somewhere with a fleer is man bear that's what i'm going to call him anyway and uh the crew is warming up drums you can hear the flicker of cedar as it uh, funnels through the pine on a clear crisp night that looks like something out of a i don't know a thomas kincaid painting but better traffic starting to slow down here at the montana vortex 
Now, when I was setting up the audio equipment here, I noticed that the uh, the battery on the equipment uh, started to die quickly the moment I put it in here. So I don't know how much battery we'll have to sit and talk. Joe's raising his high drum above the flames. Now, don't you guys worry that those are going to catch fire? And we're going to do a drumming ceremony here before the uh, opening act. If you don't mind, I'm going to do a Blackfoot prayer, all right? That's an ancient Blackfoot prayer. Basically, it's acting Okitapi, Mistakitapi, which is the Blackfoot name for Bigfoot, to guide us, to protect us, to have the grandfathers guide us and protect us and heal us while we're in this area. And we're giving thanks to them tonight. What a perfect way to open up the evening. I like that. Well done. The four tribal members. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Now, who taught you that? Gordon uh, Gordon comes at night. Taught me that he's a black was a Blackfoot elder and and healer with the Blackfoot Nation. One of the spiritual elders. Well, Joe, I'm gonna. Can I get you to set your drum down here, and I'm gonna trade you a drum for a microphone. And then if anybody feels inclined to um, to pipe in, I'll either point the microphone towards you, or if you want it, you can come over and grab it. Just don't light it on fire. Joe, or let's check your volume here quick, Joe. Can you hear me, Tom? There we go. All right, that's good. Now we got it. Yeah, just hold the mic right about that far from your face, and I'll be able to hear you nice and well. So we just had an awesome dinner. Thank you, Tammy and Joe for having us over for a bite to eat. We had a, a good communion here. We made some new friends and uh, heard some incredible stories. And for the first time, I took a tour, uh, the whole tour, and nothing but the tour. And I'll have to uh, do it again here before we leave. So we actually extended our stay because we're enjoying ourselves so much and we know we can't cram it in. So we're going to... Uh, slow the pace down a little bit but my batteries as i was saying before in the recorder are getting zapped every every rechargeable battery that i loaded up before i got here uh is now down to about half so um we'll uh we'll just go here for as long as we can until the batteries are drained i guess so joe you're um you're in the middle of your peak season would this be your peak season at the montana vortex yeah july and august are two peak months basically uh it just keeps building through july and into august yeah and you see you know you see regulars that come here too these aren't just new people you have what do you call them devotees they're matrix devotees or they're uh, well, some of them we call vortex junkies they vortex come back junkies. year after year and uh they like the vortex and and they bring people here and then uh, they've been yeah. coming for a number of years because they enjoy the energy field and everything that goes on here yeah no there's something definitely uh comforting about coming to a place like this but not for everybody because it is such a powerful spot you're getting um you know, you kind of have to let people know that there is a, a possibility that they'll be uncomfortable when they're here because it is so powerful. So talk a little bit about that and why that would be. Well, we're in a, a basically an electromagnetic or geomagnetic anomaly, and it's a very strong energy field. It goes up and down in energy every day. And for many people that come here that have never been to a vortex before, especially not one as strong as this, it, it uh, gives them uh, a feeling of uh, like motion sickness, seasickness, stuff like that, mm. or puts a pressure in their head, a pressure in their chest, especially when they're inside the house of mystery, because that that's a very concentrated energy field in there, and a lot of people aren't prepared for it. Some people think they come here thinking, oh, it's just a you know big hokey uh, attraction or something like that, and then when they go in the house of mystery, they really get their socks knocked off. Right, which is an you know it's a credit to the. Uh, the viability of this place and the fact that it's still active. Um, you know, I'm familiar with uh, the type of activity that you have going on here, but a lot of people aren't. So just, you know, as briefly as you can, describe to people what exactly you hypothesize is happening here on the land at the Montana Vortex. Well, we probably have one of the most paranormal places in North America. And, uh, Starting with something simple like orbs, we have anywhere from a few orbs to some days thousands of orbs on the property, both day and night. 
we have uh, Bigfoot or Sasquatch sightings. Uh, we have interaction with them at different times. We have lots of UFO sightings in the area, uh, not only over the grounds, but on Columbia Mountain, which is just across the road from us. And then we've had uh, <clears throat> we've had seven Thunderbird sightings, five on the grounds, and two on Columbia Mountain across the road. So all kinds of paranormal stuff like that happens here pretty much uh, on a regular basis. Plus, we capture just a ton of really crazy things in photos, too. Yeah. Now, you said Thunderbird. You're talking about large uh, raptors. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Nick Nelson, one of our guides, he's seen them at least twice, maybe three times now. One of our other guides and another employee has uh, has seen one. And then uh, I, Tammy even saw one a couple years ago. And then I saw two uh, gliding down the one of the ridges on Columbia Mountain about three or four years ago, too. So oh. they're in the area. They're very large. I'd say a wingspan of probably 20 feet or so. Uh, they're black mostly here and they kind of come in the ether, um, like interdimensionally from a portal. They fly across the center of the big boards. They actually don't fly. They just glide. And then when they get a little bit over the backyard here, uh, they just kind of disappear and go into another portal or just disappear from this dimension. Wow. So is that a part of the uh, native lore that they're also... they're not just unidentified raptors, that these are interdimensional species. The natives talk about this, too. Well, the Blackfeet Elders, um, directly north of here, is a sacred mountain of the Blackfeet, and it's called Chief Mountain. And that is the direction that the Thunderbirds come in from. And the Blackfeet Elders uh, have an oral history that Chief Mountain is a spawning ground for uh, Thunderbirds. Oh, wow. And it, it's been part of their oral history going all the way back. And... Uh, they go up there and they perform ceremonies at the base of the mountain and even on the mountain. And uh, that's just one of the sacred things that happen there is the spawning of Thunderbirds. Yeah, I have yet to see them, but I've definitely heard stories, including you know, people in southern Oregon saying they've seen pterodactyls. Uh, these, uh, what about, have you seen pterodactyls? Actually, that's what I saw on Columbia Mountain. Um, <clears throat> They were, they were kind of long neck, beak, forked tail, or a, like an arrow on the tail, pointed uh-huh. tail. And they weren't flying. They were just gliding down Columbia Mountain. I was actually, early in the morning, I was watching an orb, uh, a very large orb that was flying around the mountain. And I just happened to hit the binoculars on the two pterodactyls. They were like a couple pelicans, you know. They just, like in unison, just gliding down the mountain. And then they just dropped over the backside into the uh, into the yeah. Flathead River. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I asked you this before, but... The, I have interviewed you once, so if the people listening to this episode go back to the, uh, I'd say probably about 30 episodes back, I pulled Joe aside, and uh, I don't know if I asked you this question at that time, but I'll follow up on it and ask it again. Um, As far as what's going on here, it being a roadside attraction, but with the real goods going on, I get that. I think the devotees that come here, uh, they all get that. They're they're involved inside these secret schools, and they understand that, you know, you understand what's going on here. But as far as government officials coming here to, you know, see what you have going on or taking things from you that have have you had any experiences with, you know, alphabet agencies approaching you about your property and kind of, you know, pushing 
your comfort level? No, but we did have a visit by the men in black back uh, several years ago. And uh, when I went into the gift shop to do a tour, um, my cashier behind the counter then pointed out three guys that were dressed in suits and the hat and the ties, and they kind of looked like the men in black. And they drove up in a, uh, like a cherried out suburban, didn't have any plates on it, dark windows. And uh, she thought they were kind of weird, and then they ended up going on the tour with me. They never uh, participated in any of the demonstrations. They asked a lot of questions about science, and they wanted to know specifically about portals, what we knew about portals on the property. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do believe there's interdimensional portals on the property. And that seemed to be what they were most interested in. Um, after a certain point of time and answering some of their questions and stuff like that, I, I said, hey, you guys are the men in black. How about let me get my picture taken with you? <laughs> and they said, no, no pictures. We'll be back. And then they left. And so, we'll be back. Yeah. Uh -huh. And were they? Yeah, they did. Two of them came back uh, about a year and a half later and did the same thing. They went on the tour. They didn't participate in any of the demonstrations. Again, asked just questions about uh -huh. science and quantum physics and, and basically wanted to know what uh, we knew about interdimensional portals. It's so weird because you think if they're men in black, they'd already know what you know. So well, why, why go through the dance of the cards and drag you through the motions? I, I think they already did know, but uh, nobody had put anything like this on the radar for a roadside attraction. These mm -hmm. things were always considered roadside attractions. And we started looking into the science behind it and, and developing the science side of it. Right. And I, I think word like that got around, and it's like all of a sudden, well, there there is something here, and these guys might be finding out about it, and we want to know what they know. Yeah. Now, there was a little bit of a white flash above your right shoulder about, I don't know, 40 feet up in the air, but it was behind the tree line. So it could have been an airplane. It's been a while since I've seen little white sparks of light in the woods but i figure if you're going to see one it'd probably be here so we get all kinds of light anomalies mm -hmm. here both on columbia mountain and in the vortex area here you'll see lights that almost mm -hmm. like the blink of an eye where uh, an eyelid opens up and then closes and uh, uh, there are different light anomalies out here for sure now the, the audience of the show is pretty smart sophisticated audience and we moved past the idea that uh, Sasquatch exists and that they do roadside crossings, and we just move into your territory. So give us some theories, Joe, about uh, where they're from, because you know certain individuals. You have names for individual Sasquatch out here. So do you have any theories or inside track? Uh, some people profess to have inside track of where they're from, what their true name is. Uh, in fact, I just got an email the other day from... A psychic in Cresswell that uh, gave me a specific name for what the Bigfoot want to be called, but uh, what do you what do you say about that? Well, we're we've never heard what they want to be called, although uh, one of them has downloaded information to my wife Tammy and told him her that his name was Raybo and provided her with some information and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> other people have come up with names for them, um, the Janu, the Force people. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, uh, people out there calling them different things. But as far as them ever communicating that to us, no, they haven't. 
Right. And I think the name that, uh, the latest one that I've heard is uh, Aone, Aona, or Aone, maybe I'm mispronouncing it, but... Uh, I've yeah. actually heard that name before, too. Oh, you have? A- Aone or Aona, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, that's interesting. Well, no. uh, um, <clears throat> as far as where they come from, um, I, I think there's a lot of them that have been here for a, obviously a very long time. The Blackfeet here have an oral history of them, and uh, they call them Mi Stucky Tapi, which means large mountain spirit. The Blackfeet up in Canada, who are relatives of the, the Blackfoot down here, they call them Oki Dapi, which means whole being or original human. And both tribes and many other tribes believe they're healers and mm-hmm. protectors, and they can be called upon to, uh, to help the tribe out. And, um, we, years ago, I came to the conclusion that they were probably interdimensional based on what I had seen and experienced in the Sierras in California. And uh, after coming to the Vortex and, and having more experiences with the possibility of portals and different dimensions, right. I, still, I still feel that way. I, I think they have the ability to go between one dimension and another. Yeah, and I think that that's probably where... If you look into this phenomena long enough, it always leads you to that answer. But just like we were talking around dinner, it's very difficult. Uh, you know, these people have things to lose if they go to that answer and say it's quantum physics or, you know, uh, we can see that there's a supernatural element to the component. There are people that know this very well and they have stuff to lose, so therefore they cannot talk about it. But, I mean, you're just... Uh, completely transparent which is refreshing for me as a guy that wants to ask these questions um so what do you think it's going to take joe for that kind of transparency for these people that do have things to lose to actually talk about it now like we're talking about disclosure with the ufos we we reached an impasse there and now we passed that impasse well, I, I think there'll always be people in the Bigfoot community that are skeptical mm-hmm. of some of the things that we have seen and experienced. And and you you know some of the stuff that we've experienced here, mm-hmm. and you've seen them too. Uh, <clears throat> and that's basically, uh, they, they get kind of stuck in a dogma of what they have perceived these individuals to be and they haven't opened or these beings to be and they haven't opened their mind enough in order to to step through that curtain of energy and move to the next level and i mean, we don't even talk about joe's background i mean you're you have a biology degree you've studied quantum physics for over how long 15 well, I've, years i've been doing it here yeah for 15 16 years studying physics and quantum physics i also have a minor in physics and uh, yeah so uh, i and i've always been interested in it and it kind of fits in with everything we do here uh, most everything we experience on the vortex grounds is based on energy mm-hmm. and quantum physics yeah now do you do a fair amount of debunking on your own claims because that's one of the things that you know, you get this confirmation bias that, oh, there's going to be weird stuff all over the vortex. It's at the weirdest spot. But yet you know that some of it's going to be debunked because it's just, you know, by coincidence. So do you still find yourself battling between confirmation bias and debunking? Because I do. Well, in a way I do. But I've been here so long and I've... and and. 
our many of our employees have been here for a long time. Nick Nelson has been a guide here and mm. our one of our head science people now for 15 going on 16 years. And right. we have just seen so much in that period of time that we've been here that uh, and and we a lot of times we look at each other and say, hey, did you see that? Yeah, I just saw it. And uh, so we kind of hit off of each other that way. But there, there's so many things happen here. And, and, and I'm not trying to debunk any of it really we had we've had lots of people come here and here mm-hmm. that's tried to debunk the vortex and most right. of them always leave and come back uh, <laughs> finding out that yeah i mean we had guys that took 36 photos on the shrink and grow platform one day they had their camera on a tripod they never moved the camera they were taking pictures of everybody they went back home they measured every single picture they had a measurable difference in the shrink and grow and when the guy called me up to tell me about it, he said, you know, I didn't move that tripod all day long. It was exactly in the same spot. I go, yeah, it was right there. I go, why? And he goes, because several of the pictures, the building has moved over four, five, six inches. <laughs> and, uh, Just like so, the uh, the rock over here. Right. Yeah. So those kind of things, when people come in here trying to debunk it, uh, and they've used different methods. No, nobody, I mean, it, it's been here 50 years. It's withstood the test of time. Yeah. And uh, nobody has been able to really debunk it or prove that anything that happens here doesn't exist. Right. Now, Nick, Nick you've been here, he's been here 15 years? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, would, you, would you mind talking? Can I give you a microphone? Okay, let me see if I can hand it over to Nick here for a second. I'm going to take the mic just for a second and see if... Let's see if this will reach you, Nick. Can you can you see that? Yeah, okay, let's let's make sure that cord's going to reach you. I think we got enough room. Okay, now bring that mic up maybe about six inches from you. Okay. There we go. Okay, Nick, 15 years is a long time to see stuff, and you've seen plenty. Well, yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, including the lights... You've seen quite a bit of UFO and and uh, these orbs. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've yeah. Seen, I've seen orbs. At this, at this very moment, we're looking up at that mountain, and I know there's three UFOs up there. I just came in from seeing them. Oh, just tonight? Yeah. After dinner? Yeah, no, just a few minutes ago. Okay, so you're watching the background as things are happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. You're so used to it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you've had a whole host of things here, including Bigfoot encounters. Yeah, I had my encounter. Yeah. I found myself within the old five, six feet of one. Yeah. And briefly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now you said encounter, so it's your only one? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so do you find that they like to mess with you at all? Like when they're not fully visible? Something's been bugging me lately, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I've been able to put my finger on it. But. Right. So what do you think's going on with the Sasquatch phenomena? Why are they picking on you? Oh, I can't really say. <laughs> <laughs> as, I, as I was telling you earlier, you know, I, this, this one I thought was, was mocking me. Yeah. Asking me, uh, basically, uh, what do you think you're doing out here? <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird question to ask a human. I mean, yeah. how do you interpret that? Do you have, you've had time to think about it? Is that like a I question? Think he was just plain mocking me. He was, uh, yeah. You know, what do you think you're doing? That sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and is that is that a Sasquatch that uh, you know by name? Well, it could be uh, 
Joe's re- Rebo, but uh, yeah. I don't know. You know, it didn't, it didn't identify itself, and, and I can't give you a direct quote right. because it wasn't in English. Right. But this doesn't freak you out? Well, I was freaked out that time. Yeah. No, I've, I've become accustomed to things right. going crazy. So yeah. do you think there's a relationship at all, Nick, between the lights that you're seeing on the mountain tonight and the Sasquatch stuff down in here? And what do you think it is? Well, I couldn't say. I mean, the lights are, uh, they've been around here since long as long as we have, you know, yeah. and longer. Right. I think I think the lights are, uh, there's like, this is like Grand Central Station. Right. These things that we call sentinels, for instance, they form a... Uh, hexagon in the sky and on two different occasions I've seen lights flash on in between the, in, the, in the center of that hexagon which by the way is probably a couple of miles across and then it just uh, something comes out of it and speeds off to the east gets to that mountain over there about eight miles away in about three or four seconds wow and you see that with your naked eye yeah wow I did put a, I did put mm-hmm. my binoculars on one of them for a mm-hmm. second, and you could see the disc inside right. the light. And now you and Joe wrote a book together, right? No, no. just just you wrote the book. Yeah. And, uh, what's the name of the book that's on the corkboard over here? Uh, well, that's uh, called the Mystery of Two One Six. Two One Six. Okay, yeah. that's the that's the number right there. Yeah. And why are those numbers important? Well, the, there are three vortexes on the property. And there's a little one, a big one, and a middle-sized one. And the little one is the more active one. It's the one that surrounds the house, the right. crooked house. And it's 54 feet. And the second one is 108 feet. And the, the big one is uh, 216 feet. And, and this number just correlates to all sorts of things. You find it everywhere. For instance, you know, our moon our moon, which you know, eclipses the sun every now and then. Right. It's a, it's rather an interesting coincidence that this ball up there in the in the sky is at precise size and at the precise distance away from the Earth to block the sun precisely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of people think, well, maybe mm-hmm. that moon was just parked up there on, on purpose, which is kind of a silly idea, but still. When you find out that the moon has a diameter of 2,160 miles, maybe some of this stuff just keeps... <laughs> there <laughs> we go, 216. Huh? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Let me ask you this, Nick. Do you think uh, this is randomness just based on chance, or do you see a grand design? Do you see a creator in charge of all this? Yeah, I see that there's something behind it, yes. Some Some kind of blind clockmaker I don't know yeah it's hard to quantify well, I don't like quin- I don't like uh, conspiracy theories <laughs> right <laughs> but you never know right well 216 is kind of a conspiracy yeah I mean but it's backed up by science yeah it's backed up by your science so you see those numbers around here all the time here and all over the universe all over the universe yeah and so that connects to the Fibonacci Oh yeah, yeah. The Fibonacci sequences, certainly in, in in vogue here with the with the vortexes. I think all vortexes mm-hmm. have that sort of thing going on inside of them. And then, what were you guys saying about the three sixes? Explain what you were saying. Why is that important? I don't know. If it's important. I mean, it's a it's a number, you know, six six six. It uh, has gotten a bad reputation. 
Right. I was just saying it's a bunch of numbers, like I was telling you earlier. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three is six, and four, five, six is 15, which adds up to six, and seven, eight, nine is tw- 24, which adds up to six. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. Th- I never knew that till tonight. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's still an open mystery there, but it has kind of a dark connotation just based upon, yeah. you know, Judeo Christians. Yep. Yeah. Okay. This, but you don't see that number popping up here per se six six six. No. No. I just think that the the number's got a bad rep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're here to clear it up and yeah. dispel some legends. Well, thanks for uh, talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, just uh, one thing for I yeah. you back this thing. Okay. I saw those those thunderbirds up close and personal, and uh, they were right over my head. And I don't think they're raptors. What do you think they are? I don't know, but they have a beak on them, more like a gross beak. You know, have you seen those birds? What what kind of beak? A gross beak. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know, but it's, it's not the hooked beak of a, of a of a raptor. You know, like a. Like a vulture or a uh-huh. eagle or whatever, hawk. Okay. The gross beak is a type of bird, and they have a long pointed beak. Okay. It'd be like if you took a raven and straightened its beak out and make it black and pointed. That's kind of what it. Would really? Be. Okay. So you were close enough to see that. Yeah. And they're black. The whole thing well, is black. Were, the ones I saw were all more black. Yeah. And how big do you say they were? Because he was the, saying the wingspan was. A, at least 15 feet. At least 15 feet. And can more, I, how big is a California condor, condor, right? I mean, would that be no, the biggest? No, no, no. Condor isn't that big. No? Or an eagle? Is there any eagle with 15? I doubt that. Nothing. The biggest eagle is what? The Joe? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that would be the golden eagle. Right. Well... I have yet to see those, but we'll be here till Friday, so maybe we'll see something. Maybe we will. (laughs) Great. I'll take that back from you, Nick, there. Thank you so much. I got it. And I'll hand this back to Joe. Well, Joe, uh, before my batteries die here, is there anything you want to tell people uh, that, you know, they have some time due to COVID right now, like we do, to, uh, you know, travel to places that they had put on their bucket list you're part of the bucket list scenario here what do you what do you have to say to potential people that want to come on out here well basically i mean this is an experience that you're not going to have anywhere else it's very unique it's extremely interesting it's scientific and uh, we give a tour that's based on quantum physics and teaching people about energy and stuff like that And I think most people that come here, I mean, based on our feedback and from the different uh, social media sites and stuff like that, you know, people really love it. And they they like the tour and they really learn a lot. And we're we're really teaching here, we're teaching people about energy. And that's what it's all about. Everything is energy. And like Tesla said, if you want to understand the universe, look at uh, energy, frequency, and vibration. And that's uh, kind of what we do here every day. I think we have so many people that are coming in because of the COVID thing. A lot of staycationers are coming in. But we get people actually from all over the world. This is the first year we're really not going to have people from uh, European countries. Uh, Every year we get people from 26, 27, 28 different countries. And because of everything's closed down, we're not not even having any Canadians. So if you're in the United States and you 
anywhere close where you can come here, stop by. We'll give you a great tour, and I guarantee you won't be you won't leave disappointed. You got to come out to the Montana Vortex. You got to hear Nick's stories. Uh, you know, hearing California or a, not a California condor story, but a Thunderbird story as, at the Montana Vortex is uh, a really unique. I keep seeing things above me here, so I'm a little distracted because I, I thought I saw something up in the trees again. So maybe I'm seeing what you saw earlier, Nick. But uh, the Montana Vortex, you're going to be here during the daytime for the tour. But, you know, you can stick around at night and look at this beautiful mountain here and see all sorts of stuff. And uh, I just appreciate the hell of you guys having us out here. You showed nothing but hospitality. And uh, it's been a fantastic time. Not quite over yet, but thank you, Joe. And what do you see, Nick? You see another light coming by. Okay. Well, we got a busy night, and what we're going to do now here is um, we're going to go leave out the recorder, and uh, I'm going to show Joe where I hope to leave it and uh, see if we can set that out somewhere. Is there something going on? Indeed, there was something going on, and that something was the International Space Station, unfortunately. But, you know, you keep your eyes open for everything, and... Luckily for Manbear, whose name actually is Manbear, excuse me, Manbear had a uh, app ready to go for the ISS and uh, directed the phone towards the uh, anomaly, which turned out to be the ISS. Although I did see something later that evening with third gen night vision that was pretty unexplainable below the tree line close at hand. And when it came to the recorder, yeah, I did leave a recorder there course I did, but uh, for whatever reason, the file got corrupted. We've turned it off and on a million different times for the last five years, and uh, the file was corrupted the next day, and uh, so the Montana Vortex is keeping that secret. There's some stuff, too, that you don't know about the Montana Vortex that I just didn't have time to get to, so you have to go there. There's a um, well, I know on good information, because uh, we had dinner with him, uh, David Polites has moved relatively close to uh, to town. So if you want to go uh, get a two-for-one, that's quite possible. There's a lot going on inside the gift shop of the Montana Vortex. So you kind of just have to hang out at these places. You have to go. You just have to decide to go. It's hard to make synchronicity happen and put yourself in play with synchronicity and then cool stuff will start to happen that's my advice to you do it before lockdown comes back around why don't you and hey if you're not doing anything now you can check out strangebrowradio.com there you will find a patreon page the merch page the owl moon lab audiobook a shared paranormal experiment you can get a hold of me too at strangebrowradio at gmail.com with your own unique story. Remember, as anonymous as you'd like to be. And if you're in town, like I said, maybe we can uh, hang out and do this first person. Oh, there's some new bumper music here playing, I guess, in the background. I hope you like it. Had some time in the Stardust Hotel in Wallace, Idaho. Okay, guys, as always, I will see you in the trees. Thank you.